Welcome to episode 12 of ShimmyCast. I'm your host, Danala Rabari, and the song that you just heard was Jida No from the album The Path Beyond by Tim Rayborn, and I hope you all liked it, and will enjoy the rest of the show. This week's article is on Turkish costumes, and we have a review of the CD Eternal Egypt, and of course we have answers to the question of the week and our news recap. And this week's other music is going to be from Jesse Mano. I'd like to remind you that the deadline for submissions to the article contest is Monday, August 21st at noon Greenwich Mean Time. And those submissions should be emailed to shimmycast at gmail.com with the subject line article contest. For more information, go to the message board. And now on to answers to the questions of the week. So Leslie from Los Angeles, California says, Hi Anala. So I was searching belly dancing on iTunes and I was surprised there weren't a lot of results. So I clicked on your podcast and listened to a few sessions and I have to say, great job. I love cultures from all over the world, and belly dancing is such an important factor in representing Eastern cultures. I've been belly dancing for about five years, and I was so glad that the popularity and exposure to it grew since the novella El Clone, or The Clone, aired on Telemundo. Everyone started belly dancing since then. I don't know if you watched it or heard of it, but it was a soap about a young Brazilian woman that was Moroccan and had to deal with two different cultures, then fell in love with a Brazilian guy, and that was not acceptable to her family, and so on. Plus, there was a lot of belly dancing, landscapes of the desert, shots of Morocco, and the culture was represented so well, not in a stereotypical manner. So basically, I love belly dancing. My friends and I go to Arabic, Greek, and Persian restaurants a lot. Last week, my Egyptian friend took us to a restaurant I hadn't gone to, and it was so nice because, apart from the music and dancing, my friend knew the owner and our dinner was free. I loved it. I guess I'm pretty lucky to live in L.A. because there are an infinite amount of restaurants for any tastes right around the corner. I especially love when my friends' families throw parties because I can experience their cultures with their food and music and wonderful people that I get to meet. I think it's really important for culture lovers, for culture lovers to experience this firsthand. For example, it's nice to belly dance not to put on a show or anything, but because that is how you dance at that specific place party where everyone is of that culture. For this matter, belly dancing or anything from a specific culture that someone has learned is essential to forming a bridge between oneself and the culture in which we're immersed. Okay, so this has been a very long email, but I've had these thoughts on my mind after listening to some of your podcasts, and I just had to get them out. Laugh out loud. Keep on doing them because they're Awesome. Shimmy on, Leslie. Thanks for that email, Leslie. And um, so apparently, everyone, there are 
excellent restaurants in L.A. to check out. And unfortunately, we don't get Telemundo here in Arkansas, so I'm going to have to find that, see if I can find that DVD um, on Netflix or see if I can get it from the video store or something like that so I can check it out because it sounds excellent. Shannon from Vancouver Island, British Columbia, posted some restaurant recommendations on the website, or on the message board. Hi everyone, I live on Vancouver Island in British Columbia, Canada. BC's capital city, Victoria, is on the southernmost tip of the island. It is a tourist favorite, drawing 3.6 million visitors in 2005 alone, with a resident population of 335,000. Victoria has a large multicultural community and a great sampler of international cuisine. San Remo, a Greek restaurant, has wonderful food, seductive ambiance, and has many times been, and has many times been voted best in the city. Its sister restaurant, Pocolo, is located near Butch Art Gardens, one of the most popular attractions on Vancouver Island. Information and menus can be found at www.piccolovictoria.com. Neither of these restaurants has belly dancing, but Melio's, another Greek restaurant right downtown, does. A great event not to be missed is the Intercultural Association's Folk Fest, which takes place at the end of June and beginning of July. It is a celebration of world music, food, and dance. If you are going to be on or near the island when it's on, really try to get there. It's well worth the $7.50 daily admission, $20 for full 10 days, and information. she's included a website for information. And thanks, Shannon. I really appreciate you sharing those restaurants in the websites for more information. And I'm sorry I somehow missed that event, everybody. Because I would have announced it and told you all about it um, earlier in the podcast or in some of the earlier episodes of the podcast. But I somehow missed it. So I'm glad you guys are sending me events to know about so that I can announce them in future episodes. And now I have a recipe that I want to share as what dish I like to take to Hofla. Now I've already posted recipes on the message board for stuffed dates and rolled grapes. But I wanted to share this recipe for string beans, and I'll post it on the message board as well. First, you wash the beans, you snap the ends off, and leave the beans whole. You steam the beans in about a fourth inch of water, then you drain them, toss in olive oil, add salt, pepper, and dill, then squeeze the lemon over the beans, toss and add more lemon juice to taste, and you serve hot. They're really yummy, and it's a really fast, easy recipe to do. And um, they're, they're one of my favorite ways to eat string beans now. Especially in the summer when you pick the beans fresh. It's really, really good, really yummy. And I forgot to mention at the top of the show, I'm sorry the podcast is a little late again this week. Um, I went out of town over the weekend, went down to my parents' house, and I think you'll all forgive me because while I was there, my mom and I finished a new costume for myself, so it was belly dance-related business that kept me from doing the show. 
And um, I'm really excited. I'll have to post pictures um, once I get the whole costume together. She, we finished the top and the skirt, and so now I have to figure out how to accessorize it. And I'm really excited about it. And um, I just want to say, I normally try to record the shows like Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, Monday morning at the latest so that I can get the show posted by Monday afternoon or Monday evening. Um, unfortunately, though, some things in my personal life and my job have kept me from doing that. And I'm it, the show might be late again next week by a few days. And I'm really sorry. Um, but at least I'm warning you this time. And I'll try to remember from now on to warn you guys that the show is going to be a little late. But now we're going to get into news. And this is going to be your ShimmyCast news that's going to be covering events from August 1st through August 21st. August 5th, Petite Jamila of the Belly Dance Superstars will be having a workshop in New York City, New York. August 5th, Sonia of the Belly Dance Superstars will be having a workshop in Chicago, Illinois. August 5th, Newman LR will be having a drum master class in Middleton Square, England. August 5th through 6th, Ujami will be performing in Nottingham Riverside, England. August 5th through 11th, the Kashba Dance Experience is offering a summer week-long workshop in New York City, New York. August 6th, Sonia and Isam of the Belly Dance Superstars will be having a workshop in North Hollywood, California. August 11th, Club Rockkosh will be having a hofla in Doncaster, Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. August 11th through the 13th, Jillian Workshops in Prague, Czech Republic. August 11th through the 13th, Leela, Giovanna, and Roland Workshops in Chattanooga, Tennessee. August 13th, Sonia Workshop in Redwood City, California. August 17th through the 20th, Yahala Y'all, 2006, in Grapevine, Texas. August 18th, Ujami will be performing in Birmingham, England. August 18th through the 20th, Tribal Cafe 2006 Workshops in Redlands, California. August 18th through the 21st, Tito Show and Workshops in Richmond, Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. August 19th, Oasis Beyond the Veil is presenting Raven Moon Workshops in St. Louis, Missouri. August 19th, Ujami will be performing in Pondardois Festival in Wales. August 19th, Egyptian Stick Dance Workshop in Dales Ford, Victoria, Australia. August 19th, Sonia Workshop in New York City, New York. August 20th, Ujami will be performing in Hull, England. This has been the ShimmyCast news for this week, and as always, you can find more information about all of these events on our website.
This week's review is of the CD Eternal Egypt Musical Influences of Ancient Times, composed by Grayson Wells, and it's reviewed by Anala Rabari. This CD is the soundtrack to the traveling art exhibit Eternal Egypt Masterworks of Ancient Art by Wonders, the Memphis International Cultural Series, and the British Museum. This is actually one of the first Middle Eastern CDs I ever bought. I really love the music on this CD, as it mixes traditional with electronic, and it tries to cover various regions, instrumentations, and classic rhythms. Instruments include the Darbuk, the Rik, Camelbell, Ney, Crotel, Tar, and Quarkwub, as well as others. I believe this CD is good for beginners to start with, as the composer is from the States, so the music is more structured and has steady beats. This will probably make the music more audience-friendly as well, since most audiences aren't used to the structure of Middle Eastern music. I really like this CD because it makes me want to get up and dance and express myself, but it's also good just to have on as background music when I'm working on the computer at work or doing housework on the weekends. When you listen to this CD, you can't help but be whisked away to firelit dances at desert camps, Islamic-inspired prayer ceremonies, crowded marketplaces, and ancient rituals being performed in temples during the days of the pharaohs. My favorite tracks include Overture, Desert Dance, and Requiem. Emails and Feedback so Shannon from Vancouver Island, British Columbia, took the time out to email me. Hi, Anala. This email is a follow-up to my last comment about wanting more music. You are right to remind us all about copyright limitations. I hadn't really thought about a podcast in those terms, but of course it is public broadcasting in a way, with all the attendant legal issues. Um, Shannon goes on to suggest a song for me that I'm going to check out for the podcast. And then she says, thanks for all your hard work on ShimmyCast. I look forward to the next installment, Shannon. And thanks for that email, Shannon. And I want to thank all of you listeners for understanding about copyright issues that go along with podcasting. And I also want to thank you for your patience with me for finding music that I can legally play on the podcast. And I try really hard to bring you all a mix of more traditional songs, electronic, pop, etc. Because there are so many types of music out there that you can pick to dance to. And I'd like to try to help expose listeners to choices as well as giving you types of music that you already like. And I'm trying to work on some other creative ways of helping listeners find things. And in that regard, I have added a link on the website called Anala's Library. And it has a list of my personal inventory of CDs, DVDs, and books. And the items that have been reviewed on the show have asterisks in front of them. And eventually, probably everything on the list will be <laughs> reviewed on the show. 
So there will probably be more asterisks showing up as the show continues. But in the meantime, if you have any questions about anything on the list, or if you're interested in specific stuff and you want to know if I've heard of it or read it or anything, because there are other books that I've read, I just don't own them, so I didn't put them on the list. Always feel free to email me and ask, and I'll help in any way I can. And I love getting suggestions for songs to play as well on the podcast, and I'll definitely be checking into the song that Shannon suggested. And then we've got a comment from Safara from Calgary. I just wanted to drop a quick line to let you know that you have a very happy listener up here in Calgary, Canada. I found the Shimmy Cast podcast by accident one night, and I was quick to download all of the episodes. So far, I've gotten halfway through episode six, and I look forward to every opportunity I get to have a quiet moment so I can listen and catch up. I enjoy the articles about costumes and props, and it's really nice to see what others are doing in the belly dance, Middle Eastern dance community outside of my own little world. I have been building up quite a library of dance books and CDs, and perhaps if you needed someone to write up a quick review, perhaps I could help out sometime. I'm also a chef, so if anyone has questions about those dishes that they would like to bring to a hafla, perhaps I could help out with that as well. Anyway, I just wanted to let you know that I enjoy Shimming Cast very much, and I encourage you to keep on. Safara. Okay, listeners, you heard it. If you need help with recipes, I'm sure you can get a hold of Safara through the message board. And also, Safara, as well as anyone else listening, submissions to the podcast are always welcome. Feel free to write reviews on items and submit them at any time. And you should also feel free to submit articles at any time, although you might be more interested in that particularly now, as there is an article contest going on at the moment. So you could potentially get a little something for your time and effort if you write an article. And next I got an email from Parvish from Buffalo, New York. Once again, I'm back to give you a huge pat on the back for another great podcast. Number 11 was a good one for some for some of us here in Buffalo because we've started to venture into a new world of dance community now that the Western New York Billy Dance Association is finally off the ground and doing well. With that, we'll be having more hofflas, and we just had one this past weekend. I do think there are a lot of misconceptions about hofflas and confusion, too. They're not nearly as easy to throw together as some may think they are especially when you're hosting out-of-town dancers and strangers. There's no such thing as a guide to Hofflas. Or rather, there wasn't until ShimmyCast episode number 11. Thank you so much for that. I think you were very thorough with, the part of, with that part of the podcast, and I'm just amazed how clear you are with details and helpful hints. Your comment about ambiance at a Hoffla was excellent. I've been to so many atmosphere-lacking hoflas over the years, and I've always found them to be less inspiring than the ones that have decor and ambiance. Keep up the excellent work. I'll be listening. And thank you for plugging 
the Western New York Belly Dance Association, my soon-to-be podcast for Buffalo Belly Dance, and our event. It was great and went really well. I think maybe the crowd was a little too big for the art gallery. The dancers kind of took it over. <laughs> also, one last thing. I think you should mention what an amazing dance resource Tribe.net is. In fact, you should look at my area on Tribe. Look close and see if you see a graphic that might catch your eye. Hint, hint, shimmy cast plug. Namaste, Parvish. Well, thank you for all the compliments, Parvish. The Hoffle article was really challenging for me because there were so many little details that you could add to that type of article. And I didn't want to bore listeners, so I was trying to be as concise as possible and really just hit the high points. So there's a lot more things to consider than what I covered in the article. And feel free to discuss that more on the message board because I, I know there's a lot to cover whenever you're trying to organize any kind of party. And um, thanks for telling me to mention tribe.net. I, it's some place that I go to a lot as a resource. But then sometimes when I'm doing the podcast, things slip my mind. <laughs> And then other times I'm like, oh, man, that's probably something everybody knows about. They don't need me to tell them about that and waste their time. So I'm really sorry and really remiss for not mentioning it earlier for those of you who haven't heard of it. And for those of you who do know about Tribe.net, um, hopefully you won't find the gentle reminder that it's out there for everybody too intrusive. And also, I went to Parvish's um, area on Tribe.net, and she has a really, really cute graphic for ShimmyCast, and I appreciate that. Remember, you can send us feedback at ShimmyCast at gmail.com or on the forum at ShimmyCast.blogspot.com. Feel free to send us an audio. You can just click on the link on the website and use the mic in your computer. Send us a little voice message. You can vote for us on Podcast Alley or Podcast Pickle and leave reviews on iTunes. And don't forget to sign up on the Frapper Map. And a lot of people have been doing that lately. And it's really fun to see all the little flags popping up and to see where everybody's living. It's really cool. This week's article is an excerpt from a longer article by Salome. It's on costuming, and in the original article, she's broken the article into sections on Turkish costumes, Egyptian costumes, and American costumes. So for this week, I'm going to share with you all the Turkish costume section, and then in the coming weeks, I'll be sharing the other sections with you as well. I also want to say that you should go look at the article on her website. And, of course, there will be a link to it in the show notes. And you should really go look at it because there are a ton of great pictures that go along with the article to really give you visual representations of what she's talking about. 
Belly Dance Costumes by Salome To the uninitiated, belly dance costumes may seem all the same, but in fact, the costuming, along with the music, essence, and expression of movement, are regionally distinct. This paper is devoted to identifying the current characteristics of mass-produced and designer costumes from Turkey, Egypt, and America. Please keep in mind that the information is a loose framework of commonalities. Crossover influences and and individuality is plentiful. Also, mention of belly dance costume designers, manufacturers, and importers is not an endorsement. Conduct business at your own risk. Clarifying terminology. Bra is used to describe a costume garment, not lingerie. Belt is used to describe a costume garment that encircles the hips. Veil is used to describe a three-yard length of lightweight fabric. Turkey, a forward. The Turkish belly dance costume consists of bra, belt, and skirt. Also prevalent among current designs are hip accentuations built directly onto the skirt in lieu of a separate belt. Accessories can include headband necklace, wrist or arm cuffs, or unattached sleeves, either form-fitting or flowing, and veil. Gowns are not common. Neither are pants. Turkish dancers often show legs to full advantage. Shoes are a possibility. Mass-produced Turkish belly dance costumes. Commonalities among mass-produced Turkish belly dance costumes are 6 to 18 inch inch beaded fringe attached halfway up the bra cup with the centerpiece draping between the cups. Alternatively, the fringe may be attached at the base of the bra and extend around the back or only across the front. In either scenario, the fringe on the belt attaches at the base. The surface of the belt and bra are stitched in one color of sequin with a contrasting color used to create a design on each cup and in the center, front and back, of the belt. This is often a flowing abstract design, though sometimes recognizable patterns such as clamshells, diamonds, flowers, etc. are used. The edges of the bra and belt are often crafted in scallops, points, or curlicues, etc., The belt, front and back, is cut in a sharp V shape. The V can be dainty or quite large. A full costume will come with either a sheer pantaloon or skirt with no or minimal decoration. It may also include a veil. Fabrics tend to be an industrial strength polyester chiffon blend. Higher end mass produced Turkish belly dance costumes share similar characteristics as lower end sets but are of superior quality. For example, the design patterns on the bra and belt will be in equal proportion and perfectly centered. Fringe will be in the exact same length and strung to last. Stitch work is sturdier. There will be more detail work on the skirt and veil. The shape, form, and fit of the bra and belt are better. Designer Turkish Belly Dance Costumes 
commonalities among Turkish designer belly dance costumes are harder to nail down because the nature of designing is the individual creativity of a designer, but some commentary can be made. Beaded fringe remains in vogue, both long and short strands. Trends lean toward a fuller fringe on the belt with minimal accenting fringe on the bra. Attaching fringe along the base of the belt is favored. If a skirt with no separate hip belt, ample fringe is attached, unlike its Egyptian counterpart. Designer sets tend to use large and small glass stones, heavily in combination with fabric sequins and seed beads, to cover and decorate the surface of the bra, belt, and accent the accessories. Alternatively, the surfaces may be intricately stitched in dainty glass beads of contrasting colors. There is the tendency in both instances to decorate in flowing abstract patterns. Skirt and accessories are often heavily decorated, mimicking the work on the bra and belt. Bra shapes vary from the classic bra to adjoining half vest, asymmetrical half top, half bra. Large diamond shapes on the bottom of bra. Belt shapes are also varied, though the V-shape is trademark. Designer sets tend to be daintier than mass-produced counterparts. Full designer costumes include decorative headband and necklace, some type of arm adornment as described in the foreword, a veil, bra, belt, and skirt. Fabrics used are velvet, crushed velvet, stretch velvet, chiffon, and some lycra, mostly matte. Other distinctive elements of Turkish belly dance costuming are often risque, cutouts on the skirt and or belt, and skirts that are arranged or styled to show both legs up to the hip. Many American dancers have an image of this nature come to mind at the mention of Turkish belly dance costumes. Let's explore how this stripper-esque association developed. Few Americans traveled to Turkey to research oriental dance in the 1960s and 70s. Those that did report Turkish Roman oriental dance as a gutsy, primal, raw, unrestrained, passionate dance. And Turkish oriental dance different from the Roman version, is joyful, energetic, lively, and bright. However, in the 1980s, the dance became largely debased. It was used to cater to the soft-core market and often to, quote, advertise the goods at low-class values. The pictures and video produced in Turkey at that time were primarily targeting the sex industry. This is the type of material that became accessible to American dancers. The majority had no other frame of reference, and the ill-represented Turkish Oriental dance was taken at face value, which was, quote, exceedingly underdressed blue plate special raunch. And that's a quote from Morocco. That is more or less a bygone era. Turkey's sustains trained quality artists who are well costumed and respectably showcased. It has become a popular destination for dance tourists. Hot couture to novice Turkish dance, Turkish belly dance costumes.
Bella and Simode Ave are the unrivaled haute couture of Turkey. Full costumes from these fashion houses start at $650 and go upwards from there. Baklandin and Della International carry high-end Turkish designs that start at $800. Pika Designs produce middle-of-the-road costumes starting at $400 and some high-end costumes starting at $700. Ishtar Costumes and the Turkish Emporium sell novice sets starting at $150. <laughs> So I hope you all enjoyed the article and found some good information about Turkish belly dance costumes in it. And this leads me to next week's question. What is your favorite costume or costume piece and why? To answer, you can send an email to shimmycast at gmail.com or go to our forum board at shimmycast.blogspot.com. And you can feel free to post pictures of your costume if you'd like on the forum board. And finally, it's time for the second music pick of the week. This week's song is Soko Mileta from the album Opium by Jesse Mano. I hope you all enjoy, and until next week, this is Anala Rabari saying shimmy on.
Thanks again for listening to ShimmyCast. You can leave us feedback at shimmycast at gmail.com and be sure to visit our website and forum at www.shimmycast.blogspot.com. Remember, the opinions expressed are those of the host and the podcast crew. Thanks again.